You are listening to the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast, a series by the orientation staff at Utah State University. Sending your students to college can be scary and overwhelming, but it is also exciting. We are here to help ease both you and your student into the college life at Utah State. I am your host, Reagan Luke, the Parent, Family, and Yield Coordinator here at Utah State, and I am so excited to have you join us on today's episode. Today I am here with Monique Frazier, a licensed clinical psychologist at Utah State University's Counseling and Psychological Services, also called CAPS. Thanks for joining me today, Monique. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. First off, can you tell me a little bit about your position, what CAPS is, and what kinds of resources that your office offers to students? Yeah, so I'm a psychologist at CAPS, and what the CAPS office is, is the main counseling center on campus that provides mental health services for our students, and we provide a lot of resources. We offer individual therapy, group therapy, single session therapy, case management services to help connect people into the community if they're looking for that. We have crisis services. We offer workshops. We also have a group of undergraduate mental health coaches called Reach Peers, and I'm the coordinator for that program. And those are students who do peer-to-peer mental health skills training with our students if they're just needing kind of that non-therapy level of support. So that's kind of our list. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Next question. How can a parent or their students get in contact with CAPS and what is the best way for them to start utilizing the resources you just listed? Yeah. So probably the best way is for the student to call our front office or stop in. And we're located on the third floor of the Taggart Student Center in room 306. And so the student can access us that way. The the usual way they kind of enter our system is by scheduling what's called an initial consultation. And that's when they meet with one of our staff for 20 to 30 minutes for them to tell us kind of the big picture of what's going on with their mental health and what they would like help with. And then we help them to make a plan to get them the support, treatment, services. We figure out what they're needing, where they can get that help, whether it be with us or other resources on campus or in the community, and put that plan in place. So that's oftentimes step one. Perfect. And just to reiterate the resource you just mentioned, I have reached out to CAPS before and utilized their knowledge about finding a therapist in the area. So that's a great resource for parents that might be listening to alert your students of if they're seeking more of a long-term therapy solution or anything like that, CAPS can still help you out there too. Exactly. Um, We have a session limit for our individual therapy where students can do a course of individual therapy with us up to eight sessions per student per academic year. And we typically meet every other week to help us meet our demand. And so if students or parents are feeling like more is needed, more frequent therapy, or longer than eight sessions, uh, we can help them find services in the community and we can help them find services that are covered under their insurance plan or lower cost services. Yeah, it's a great resource and I recommend it to anyone who is listening that might have a student that could benefit from that. 
Okay, so Logan is sort of known for having a bit of a cold and sort of gloomy weather, especially in the winter time. I know today it's snowing and a little foggy outside, and that can be difficult for a lot of students just when it's dark and cold outside. So how can students, especially where we are living in at the Logan campus, combat the spring semester blues and kind of the mental health effects that might come up with that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I just recently uh, did a two-part series workshop on battling uh, winter depression symptoms. And we're working on getting a recorded version of that up on our website. We have several recorded workshops on a variety of topics, hoping to get that added in soon. Yes, you're right. At our uh, at our latitude and our weather pattern, and today's a great example, it's really common for students to come into us after those kind of post that post-holiday letdown, and they're not getting outside as much and they're not getting as much light. The first line treatments for seasonal depression is to use photolight therapy. Uh, and it's something that initially, I know when I first heard it, I'm like, is this just some hokey thing? But it's actually a very strong evidence-based treatment approach. Um, You can purchase phototherapy lights easily online or in stores. There's just a couple of things to know about how to use them. And you can talk to your primary care doc about that. Um, You can come see us. This would be a great topic to come do a single session on. So if a student specifically struggling with seasonal depression and wants to know what to do, they can call and ask for a single session and they would meet with one of us one time, or sometimes it could even extend to two to get the specifics of how to do that. There's a really great book called The Depression Cure by Dr. Stephen Alardi out of the University of Kansas. That's a great book that really details step-by-step how photolight therapy is done as well. And it's not hard to find uh, good descriptions online as long as you're making sure your source is, is reliable. For most people, what light therapy involves is, is purchasing uh, one of these lights. And for most people, it's going to be sitting under the light for 15 to 30 minutes first thing in the morning. Um, But again, you would want to get the proper specifics of how to do that. Another thing to keep in mind here in the winter are vitamin D levels. It's very predictable that all of our vitamin D levels are going lower and lower as we have less light exposure in the winter. And it's difficult to keep up those levels only through diet. So when people are having symptoms like feeling pretty strong fatigue and kind of a heaviness and hard to get going and low energy, I feel like it's never a bad idea to go in and talk to your doctor about possibly getting them checked and possibly supplementing with vitamin D if that's recommended. The other piece with winter depression is sometimes people will want to add an antidepressant depending on the severity level. And we have uh, psychiatric services or services from providers who can prescribe medications at our student health center down by the football stadium. Um, That's something at CAPS, we don't prescribe medications. 
but student health has those services. Also just getting outside, you know, sometimes we look out on a day like today and we're like, oh, and we hunker down and we don't get out there and get moving. And I really encourage students to find a hobby that gets them outside in the winter, whether it's snowshoeing or skiing or bundle up and you'll be perfectly comfortable out there. And I think people are surprised at how much it can help to just get that fresh air and light. Yeah, I think that's something that's a lot of students or just people in the Valley might struggle with. I also think an important resource to highlight is those phototherapy lights are available in the library on campus. They're in many of the study rooms. That's also a good resource for a student if maybe they can't purchase one right now or just want to test it out. They have those phototherapy lights in the study rooms you can reserve at the library on the Logan campus. So that's good to know about as well. And then just to end out, what are some tips that you would give to a parent that maybe has a student that is mentally or emotionally struggling at Utah State? Yeah, I I have a couple of tips for parents. I think for starters, as parents, we need to stay calm ourselves and watch our own anxiety. When our kids are struggling, it's easy to get activated and respond in ways that aren't helpful to the student. So I think we just want to like calmly let them know that that it's okay that they're struggling, that that's normal, that we all struggle at times in life. And then just really to create a safe emotional space for them to share with us, to help us understand. I always tell parents, be a curious listener more than a lecture or an anxious advice giver. Asking curious questions like, what's that like for you? Well, or that sounds really hard. What's the hardest part of that for you right now? Or have you been finding anything that helps a little bit? And then, of course, offering support. How can I best support you as things have been a little harder lately? Spend time with them, whether you're here and can take them out to lunch or whether you're far away and that looks more like some texts or phone calls here and there and for sure you know know that that we're here at CAPS and um, and send them our way so that they can have some additional support and help as well. Thank you for those tips and of course I'm not a parent but I have seen my parents utilize those tips and just being an active listener I think was really important to me as a student. The transition to college is difficult and whether or not that's on a clinical scale like you mentioned there's struggles for sure. And just being an active listener was so helpful to me when I was a student. Yeah, I know my tendency. I'm a fixer. Like I know better as a therapist, <laughs> um, but but because you love your kid and you get anxious, and you want to fix it right now that I have to always remind myself, ask those curious listener questions, make the safe space. Our kids are are bright, capable young people. And And I think having that confidence in them helps them to build their own confidence as well. I agree. Thank you. Just to end out, are there any last thoughts that you would like to highlight or to let parents know about? I guess I would highlight right now at this time of year, we are just starting all our therapy groups at CAPS. And we have a very strong group therapy program here. And sometimes it's a resource that people miss because people tend to get a little more focused on individual therapy. But group therapy has really similar outcomes. And we have groups where students can come and just kind of talk about their mental health with our leaders. We have specific skills training groups to teach students how to regulate emotion, tolerate distress, be more mindful, be interpersonally effective. 
We have some specialty groups of uh, how to be compassionate with yourself, learning mindfulness, and we have support groups for students struggling with um, spiritual concerns or students where multicultural issues or uh, being part of the LGBTQ community um, might be part of what they're stress is about so definitely like check those out we we have a lot of good resources and our groups meet weekly so it's a great way for students to to boost the level of support and treatment they're getting perfect thank you i'll have your the caps website linked in the show notes as well as the link to those group therapy sessions and i'll keep this update on the parent portal as well of the monthly sessions that are starting out because i think that's a great resource Well, thank you, Monique. I'm so grateful that you took the time to be on here and to help inform our parents and families about the great resources that CAPS can offer. Just thank you and go Aggies. Yeah, go Aggies.